Hey, this is Mr. Jones. Welcome to the Three Count Podcast. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now We're Into Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that'll get you up that mountain called wrestling. And by now, after like season four, our 300s and something episode, I would just hope you'd say with me, I am your Sherpa. Because like your tribal chief, acknowledge me. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficient than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering. So who's entering the ring today? Well, this person right here can be found at ATCW, House of Pain, SWA, and EWA. He is merciful. He is one who's held titles. He is menacing. He's also cool, calm, just like your mom under a couple of palm trees inside her palm. Something like that. I don't know what he said. Anyway, here's the man who makes a legend, Mr. Jones. What's going on, Mr. Red Dog? How you doing today? Good, sir. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Doing real good. You know, it's been a been kind of a, a, a crazy day today, you know, just kind of running around, you know, between the shoot job and parenting stuff. And, you know, you come home and That's the dog's life. like, yeah. And then the dog's like, yo, take me outside. I'm like, all right, I guess we'll go do that. And then, you know, I just trying to, trying to live this life, right? <laughs> yeah. Mine's currently sleeping right over there. So I, I know what you mean by that one. <laughs> but, yo, how have you been, man? Because I think the last time we saw each other was EWA. And I think we're we're in yeah. Bel Air. Yep, it's been a minute. Um, have had my ups and downs. You know, we it's you know it's life. Uh, had a couple of a uh, couple of moments where I had to take a mental break from everything, but I'm doing good because you know life is good. That's all I really can say. Life is good. I'm still around. I can't complain. I can't complain. It's always a big thing that you and you 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 hit like on a valuable point that we're just gonna just jump right into. Right? It's like sometimes like. You just need time away from everything, just even like the things that you love, because sometimes they just become exhausting. You're like you stop doing them because they're fun and you start doing them because you're like, I have to do this thing. And sometimes like, no, you don't. You don't have to do anything. In fact, if you want to just sit in bed all day, just kind of curl up with your pillow and just sleep. Hey, you're free to do that. But like it is important that sometimes like we just take time away from those things that we just truly enjoy, because like it gets refreshing and you remember like why you're doing it and you have a lot of fun when you get to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like when I was coming back from wrestling after my knee injury, like I was working so hard and he came back and I was like, I'm good. And then like just anxiety just started coming about nowhere. And I don't know why, like I was putting too much pressure on myself to try and get to more bookings and all this kind of stuff. And then I ended up just, going to being a hermit because I just didn't want to disappoint myself and you know of course didn't want to disappoint people who were take that that booking um for what it was but it's bad why just weird <laughs> sorry like the internet is like weirdly cutting out I'm not quite sure what's happening but no, you, you definitely, so you, you know, it's funny because like, <laughs> it's funny because you bring it up, right? And it's something I've had to deal with too, was just like, 
am I doing it? And, and, you know, I like, I'm only in my third year, but I'm always like, am I doing enough? Should I do this? Should I do that? And then I like find myself like getting nervous and stuff like that. And the funny thing is, and I think even at EWA, I think you saw it too. Like I just have a bag of gummy bears next to me. And so whenever I start feeling anxious and stuff like that, I just start popping gummy bears and just start eating them. Like whether I'm on the floor or just chilling out or just like we're calling a match. I'm always just, yeah, I'm always eating. Like I always have a bag of gummy bears around me <laughs> because what it ends up doing is as I'm chewing my gummy bears, like one, it's really delicious. Let's be fair. Right. They're really fun. They're really good tasting. But then two, like I start focusing on the gummy bear and stop focusing on everything else. So I'm like, all right, it gets my, it gets my mind out of that like anxious zone. And I'm like, all right, so let's talk about the match. What do we want to do? We're going to do this, 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 and this. All right, cool. And I start eating some gummy bears, thinking about the match bag. And then I play it out. And then like, we keep going. I'll just slowly eat. And then usually at that time, somebody else will notice I'm eating gummy bears and like, what are you eating gummy bears for? I'm like, yo, just it helps with my anxiety. And like, you know, and some people see him like, um, I like, Noah Idol from Pure Ignorance, Chaz and, and Prince, they always like ask me for like a handful. I know recently uh, Scum Dog from Dog Nation, he won't tell you he has, but he's definitely come through and like asked. And Dino is the same way. Like everybody that sees me, like it'll be like, yo, can I get a couple of those? I'm like, yeah, no doubt. Because I think everybody starts to see like, oh yeah, no, like he, he might be onto something with us. Something so simple yet so effective. I usually, when I have those moments, I'll just pop my headphones in. I'll just be in the corner just listening to music. Or I'll just literally just go outside sometimes. And people are like, just like looking at me. But I'm just like just literally standing in the corner just listening to music because I'm just like trying to calm myself down. But that gummy bear idea, that's a that's an idea. I might have to try that one. Yeah, I forgot like who. I think I got it from. I was, I was listening to Joe Rogan Experience, and I forget who was talking about it. And they were... You know, like one one thing it does do it's like a benefit. It's like a it's like a fast carb, so it gets in your system, hits your bloodstream pretty quick, and then you can get like your body starts to use all the sugar and stuff that comes off of it. But like another part of it too is that like like I said, for me, it just mentally it just pulls me out of like whatever whatever like tunnel I'm starting to get focused in. It pulls me out real quick, and I'm like, all right, this is still just a show, right? <laughs> so I, I calm down like instantly, and like the first. The first time I started doing it, right, uh, I was actually working a match with Beastman in West Virginia. And I was so nervous because I wanted this match. Uh, one of my other friends had pulled out. I wanted the match. So I asked. I got it. And I'm sitting in the back. and I'm just nervous as shit. And I'm, like, eating gummy bears. And, like, we had a really good match. And then the next week, I'm at another event. And I hadn't been eating gummy bears. And I'm not going to say that the segment was terrible. But the segment in the, in the match kind of fell apart pretty quick. So the next week, I was at another show, and I brought another bag of gummy bears, and I started eating them. And I was like, oh, all right. So I had another, what I thought was like a pretty decent match. I was like, okay, I think there's something to this. And then like oh every single time that I didn't have gummy bears with me, like something bad happened, like in the match. So I'm like, all right, I'm superstitious. We're gonna stick with this. <laughs> this is a hey, thing now. Hey, that works. I'm I'm literally gonna have to try that my next time, 100 percent for sure. <laughs> but yo, for those who don't know, we'll get into the intro. Uh, who is Mr. Jones? So if we take it back, Mr. Jones used to be the show, Mr. Jones. I used to just uh, I used to just want to go out there and you know, whether I lost or won, I didn't care. I just wanted to steal the show. Um, like you can't can't see it but i have the same tattoo that Shawn michaels has on his um on his arm that's my favorite wrestler of all time and he 
has the worst WrestleMania record of all times, basically. But he always stole the show. And that was my mindset when I first started uh, wrestling myself. Um, shout out to Miss Mia Yim. It's because of her that I'm actually wrestling. Um, long story short, went to high school with her. But um, after we graduated, I saw her doing a, a moonsault in a wrestling ring. And I'm like, hello, how do I do this? Long, And then next thing I know, I'm doing it myself. Um, but when I first started wrestling, it was me. I, I saw myself as Dolph Ziggler and Shawn Michaels, but I and I kept losing. But I can't. I don't like to toot my own horn, but I can't. I can say that I I stole some shows back in the day, and then just over the last year, I just I just didn't like didn't like that anymore. I didn't like going out there just to lose and steal a show. Now I just want to win. I'm gonna beat everyone up. I'm gonna beat you down. I just want to be ruthless. I'm gonna beat everyone up. No, I just I want gold. I want championships. And I want to get to the top. I don't care about stealing the show. I don't care about uh, having a good match with your fellow friend, friendly, friendly, uh, fan friendly wrestler. I just want to win. I want gold. Sorry, not sorry. That's what, no. and that's where the ruthless, ruthless came from right there. And you know, it's 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 funny because like as as you like build your world up around like and i know a lot of people are like well you don't really have a character it's it's you essentially like cranked up to like a thousand right mm -hmm. but then there's aspects of like characters that you like add to your piece and stuff like that and so like you want your person to like get meaner and meaner and then like more ruthless or you kind of go the other way right you go with the comedy side you kind of go with the fun the playfulness and you know, but you're still eventually the, the whole purpose of wrestling, though, is to win the match. And so it's funny how you bring it up. Like, you're like, I don't care if I like I didn't care if I lost or not. I just wanted to still show. Now, at this point, you're like, no, nah, like I care about losing because I want to win. Like exactly. everybody wants everybody wants to be the top spot. And like, obviously, like you kind of have to like work your way up. But, you know, sometimes things happen. <laughs> exactly and it's it's funny how you were just like how you were just talking and saying you need to be more ruthless that's exactly how this persona came up i was talking to my best friend shout out to rufio um and he was like his favorite wrestler is stone cold and he was like man you just need to be more stone cold more just more evil more ruthless and we just stopped and we just like holy crap that's it and then just uh the wheels started spinning i'm like this works and um I'm I'm happy of how it started. I just I want to continue it more because I haven't had that many opportunities to truly show what I mean by ruthless Jones. I had a little bit of it uh, with a match with Grizzly O last year, but Grizzly O is Grizzly O. Size difference, he kind of got me. Plus, I was trying to play some tricks with him in that beginning of that whole thing with him and Tomahawk. But that's a story for a different day. But he he got me good on that night. But um. That was the only a glimpse of what ruthless can be, and I want to show the world more. Hold on one second. Yes. It's really that important for what? Is it your charger? Is it that it needs electrical tape, or is it that it's just fried? Okay, I'll come check it after I get done with this interview. All right. All right. <laughs> it is all good. 
Yeah. Well, it's the first time that she's ever like interrupted the interview before. So I felt like something was going. On. I was like, that was weird. She's just standing there awkwardly. So I was like, things all happen, right, man. things happen. <laughs> but but um, let's get let's get this back up. So three, two, one. That's crazy. Uh, so a question then: How did you get into the business then? Oh, did you catch my question? Well, I didn't even hear it. What happened? Oh, bet, because I guess I guess I froze. That's wow. Yeah. All right. So uh, three, two, one. So I guess it's interesting. I'm curious though, like, how did you get into the business? So um, like I said, um uh, uh, me and I went to high school with Mia Yim. Um, none of my friends like wrestling, none of her friends like wrestling. She she was on her Twitch recently, said I was a popular kids say that I talked to her wasn't that popular but whatever you want to say but um we just bonded over wrestling like we two different friend clips but we just talked wrestling so um she graduated and I saw her doing a moonsault on Facebook she just did a moonsault and I was like what so I literally texted him like what where did this picture come from and she's like yeah I'm training in Manassas right now and I'm like we literally live around the corner from each other why didn't you tell me about this before so next thing I know, I'm in the car with her. We're going up to this training spot in uh, Manassas. It's actually the same spot that Mickey James trained, uh, Logan LaRue trained, uh, uh, Kaida Pro. So that was the that was my first instance into pro wrestling. And I walked into that training center and just I watched the people train. And I heard my first, like, I heard the, the bumps, everything. I'm just like, this is it. This is where I want to be. And then a couple of weeks after that, Stephanie actually, well, Mia, whoops, she had her first match in North Carolina. She asked me to go with her. We drove four, four hours to North Carolina, and we just talked the whole time. And I watched her do her first wrestling match, and I was hooked. And we drove back. Literally one day we drove to North Carolina, came back in one day, and I was like, I'm hooked. And ever since then, um, I trained at Kaida. I was actually the last paying student for Kaida, and then they closed down. In about 2009, and unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to get back in the ring until 2010-11. But with my savior, John Rambo, I don't care what anyone says about him, John Rambo is the best. I found his school in Hagerstown, and I learned pro wrestling from old school to new school. But I learned the old school way, and I, if I didn't learn that way, oof, I don't know. What kind of mindset I would have, but John Rambo, he taught me well. He taught me right. I don't care what anyone says about him. I have mad respect for that man right there. And that was at the House of Pain. And then I won the Rookie of the Year. And next thing I know, I met TJ, met Grizzly O, met Tomahawk, and it kind of just kind of took off from there. It's funny too because like I'm like not even from like this area, right? So I'm like I'm from Nebraska, and then like I moved around. And then landed here. And after, like, I met uh, I met Van Williams. Uh, he kind of pointed me in the direction to find Sicken. And then once Sicken like trade me, like, I started meeting all those people too, like Grizzly O. And I met uh, Tomahawk, and of course TJ, uh, TJ Sykes. And it's just been so funny to like see how like everybody's circle like grows, and then like it just like 
you start networking with everybody around and just how quickly like those network happens. Cause like, I know I, I just got done talking with another, uh, another promoter from another area. And he was like, yeah, uh, maybe we'll have you work out with, uh, with trip. And I was like, trip, like the sadist trip. And he was like, yeah, you know, trip. I was like, yeah, no madness of trip. <laughs> I was like, yo, let's go. And so it's just funny how like, you're always one, you're like one link away from like knowing somebody who knew that person. <laughs> yes. I agree with that statement. A hundred percent. I've met a couple of people. I'm like, Oh, you know, them and them and all this kind of stuff. Like it just blows my mind. You know what I mean? Um, it's a small world, but it's a big world and kind of sort of kind of, I want to say, yeah. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do now. Like I've, and the one thing I've done is, and it's, it's probably me being an introvert. I have, um, kind of made my 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 circle smaller and i i still have some of my people that i can reach out to but i don't have that many anymore and i need to i need to fix that and that's why uh that's what i'm trying to do going forward trying to make my my get my networking and get my circle back big again because it's very small again and i it's, it's all my fault but it's just the damn introvert in me you know no but it is a thing though is that like once you kind of climb back up in your shell like it's it's like the safe spot but then like you know, you start to yearn for like that adventure. And the thing is, it's, it's, I think it's because of this drug called wrestling that makes yes. us like want to go out and like find new people to work with, or you find people who are like, you're genuinely excited to meet and want to go hang out with and talk with and stuff like that. So then you like start to open back up and you're like, well, if that person's cool, I think that person might be cool because they're friends and they're kind of like each other. And then you like make the jump and you're like, Oh, I'm talking to that person. And now I'm talking to this person and I'm talking to that yeah. person. So then next thing you know, it's like, you know, after a while you're like, Oh, I've, I'm familiar with a lot of these people. So it's kind of, it, I do understand where that comes from though. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that one. And um, I like one of the recently EWA when I met Elo Neal, like, Oh, that man right there. Like some of the matches we've had have been some of my one of my funnest, but just like talking with him and just seeing how he's just networking. I love and hate that guy, but I love him so much, you know. And um, I, I I consider Eel O'Neal and TJ Sykes my two top opponents. Both of them, I love them to death, but I hate them so much to death because <laughs> like some of the classics I've had with TJ, man, I didn't think I could do. And then, like, because I was probably I was a few years behind him when we wrestled back then, and I that boy led me through the promised land. And then working with Eel, like seeing how his mind works for simple things, I'm like, you really never stop learning and wrestling. So like those two men right there, I love him and hate them at the exact same time. But and I want to I want to meet more people like them, and I want to expand my knowledge because I can definitely say I haven't. I haven't learned as much as I should have been learning in the last couple of years. I want to learn more. I need to, I need to get out there and learn more, you know? Yeah, no doubt. I definitely, I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. Cause I meet a couple people and I guess this podcast has like opened me up to like meeting a ton of people. Cause like I, you know, just everybody from like TJ and Dino Martin Stone is another perfect example of someone that like I met through a friend of mine who coincidentally was a friend of one of my friends in the Air Force, if that makes sense. 
<laughs> so like as I'm here in Air Force, I meet one friend who introduced me to another person who's a pro wrestler who then introduces me to Martin Stone. And like here I am having full conversations with Danny Birch about like different types of things. And, you know, we're, we brought him on the show. We talked to him and then we I get to meet people like Eel O'Neill as well. And just like you, the, the, the lessons I get to learn from them. And I'm, I'm, I'm very much appreciative of this because, you know, I always think I'm, I always have a sponge in my bag. Like I don't, I I've said that I mentioned that a couple of times, but I've never mentioned it like all, all recently, but I have a sponge in my bag to always kind of remind myself that I need to soak up more things. Mm-hmm. And so like everybody around me, I'm always like, dude, there's so much, going on in these locker rooms that people just don't understand or like the way people call a match the way people are talking there's always something like happening and i'm always interested in listening and i i need to start taking advantage of this more right on going on shows that i'm not booked on and when i'm there just sitting in the locker room and someone would be like is this a place that you should be at? i'm like actually i just want to hear you call your match and that's it like i just want to hear you how you guys call it how you guys are talking about it just to kind of listen. I got that idea from, uh, Jesus, who was I talking to? It was another, it was a one, it was one of these episodes. You guys will put it in the comments below. But uh, I learned it from one, from one, this epi- one an episode on here. And I was like, dude, that's such a smart decision. It was somebody's little brother would just ask if they could go listen to somebody else call a match. And that's, that's how they learned how to call a match. I was like, that's crazy to hear. <laughs> okay. I like that. Yeah. And like, that's one thing like, um, um, one of my one of my fellow wrestling friends asked me to come to one of the shows coming up very soon, and I'm like, you know what, I, I I'm gonna make it there just to you know watch and just because you're right, like I've listened to so many people just call their matches and like everyone is different, and like it's so crazy. Like I've seen people do word from word, and then just like what just what just happened out there. Then I see some people just barely speak, and I'm like, how was that just so amazing? Like how did that happen? <laughs> like I I found my little medium. I have. Like I have to work backwards, um, and it works out for me. But then, like, like um, I'll use Grizzly O. That's one of my that's one of my favorite people. Like, we were calling a match. Like, the, it was our first match, and I'm like, I really never saw how his brain worked because I always did it my way. And I'm like, listen to how he does it, and I'm just sitting there like, I'm just learning again right now. And I was like, <laughs> when I think about it now, just talk about it, like. I'm getting the goosebumps and like the goosebumps over this. Like, I want to hear, I just want to be in the locker room hearing someone call a match. And I, I just want to be there. I want to be in that environment again. Like, oh, I miss it so much. It was um, something because like I had, uh, I had just incredible talking to me about it. Right. And he was like, he, he challenged me. Right. And I have, and I've done it a couple of times, but I need to keep working on it. He was like, I just want you to, to call the opening. Right. Actually, we'll just like call the opening and call the ending and nothing else just go out there have your opening spot have your finish and then just go and just have fun and i'm like that is crazy <laughs> like, <laughs> i could do that like me i need bullet points like i just need to know what we're working to and then i'm good like i can fill in the blanks i can't fill in the whole blank but i can fill in a good amount of blanks and i just need my bullet points and i can i can get there and um the i remember i had a match with Elo neil and Elijah Burke was backstage and like he watched our match. And this is the one thing that like I used, this is when the kind of my wheel started turning that I wanted to change from the show to something else. Was it like, he was like, Hey, I see you guys had something on, but you didn't explain the story. 
And I'm like, wait, no, I and like in back. I, of course, I don't say this out loud, but back in my head, I'm like, no, we explained the story. Beginning of the match, I was yelling. I'm like, no, remember last time? And then, and then he explained. He's like, no, you guys just looked like you guys were mad at each other, but you didn't explain the story. And then, like, boom, light bulb. I'm like, I get it. And like, that was just one of those little things I could just check off my checklist of things that I learned that I need to keep in always in the back of my head. And now every time I call a match, I'm like, there's got to be some elements of a story in here, even if it's small or big, but I need to put that out there. And that's like, every time I'm calling them on now, like I still do it from backwards, um, still go backwards, but I'm always like, well, what are we, what story are we telling? Like, I, I have to tell a story now. Like I said, I need to do that. So I want to, I need to get out more and, try and tell more stories. Hi, bud. I think that's important too. And it's something that I have to think about, like being that I'm only been in for a few years, but this is something that like a lot of people have kind of brought up to me was like, Hey, I want you to either a listen to the crowd B remember what the story that we're telling and, and three or C right. Uh, just, just be aware. That's like the biggest one I keep hearing. Right. And so I'm like, all right, cool. So like, as I'm like outside, I'm starting to like hear the crowd and I'm like really starting to like feel where things are kind of moving and like interact more with the crowd. Or if I'm, if I'm a heel, you know, talk my trash and like let, you know, beat up a baby face. And it's like, you're always constantly like kind of like picking and listening to what's going on with the crowd. Cause you want to, you want to make sure that they get it. Right. And it's weird too, because like whenever you're like talking about telling stories, like for me, like one of my favorite stories to always tell is like David and Goliath, right? Like you're the little guy, you're facing the big guy, obviously kind of easy. Like he's just throwing you around. You're just trying to work something to get something to happen. And then boom, you hit that big shot and then you just take it home. Right. Whereas like when you start meeting other people, like I have to like start asking questions like, why are we telling this story, right? Like I, one of the, one of, uh, I recently was working at a show and I started watching back the match and I was like, yeah, this just looks like two people going out there just fighting. There's really nothing like being said here. Like yeah. the person can tell me that this was the story that we were going to tell, but we didn't really tell that. We were just kind of like, hey, yo, these are just two dudes who are mad at each other that are fighting. And, and you bring up a great point with the Elijah Burke thing. It's just like, how is it that we don't know how to tell that story properly? And then I get to think of like, oh yeah, that's right. Cause I've only been in for three years and I don't, I know absolutely nothing. I mean, like, <laughs> I tech, like technically I've been in since 2011 cause that's when I started. But like, I took those breaks cause I just like, I mentally just I backed out. And so like, I'm technically, I probably like, if, if, if we accumulated it all up, I'm probably like five, six years in total. But even though I started like 10 years ago, and like, there's so much, there's so much I should know. And this is me personally. I feel like I should know a lot more, but like, it's wrestling. You never stop learning. So like, it's never too late to learn it. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, and like, you mentioned that David versus Goliath story, that story I could tell so easily. Like I'm a small guy. It's so easy to tell that story. So like going back to that match with Grizzly O, we could have easily told that story. But there was more layers to that one. Yeah, it's David versus Goliath, but we also are friends from 10 plus years. So how are we going to get the crowd to know that? And like he came out and said something in his entrance and I said something in my entrance. And like right before we locked up, he's like, it's been 10 years in the making. We said it really loud. Like 
all right, this has been 10 years in the making. And like, I can't remember exactly, but I, I know I'd said some other things to tell the story in the, because you gotta, gotta let the, the people know. Cause I didn't get a good, get a good promo before that one, but like use, uh, I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but I make the content for my YouTube page and stuff and making the content. It makes me open my mind of like, there's so many stories I can tell so many different ways. I'm a creative person. Why am I not using my, my means and stuff? And now like I've made like 15, 14 episodes of my little vlog. Uh, three of them have been, been actually wrestling, but I'm like, holy crap. If I could do this for matches coming up, yo, I could tell so many stories and like my mind just starts going and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to tell so many stories right now. Like I want to just, I just want to get out there and tell stories now. Through my through my movement in the ring, but there's so many stories I just want to tell now. Another thing too is like you want to build is like following the people like to like subscribe to like your YouTube channel or maybe like your Instagram or maybe yeah. your TikTok or maybe you know buy stuff on your pro wrestling tees or your for your wear store or even for your like what a maneuver store. You know things that you could do to support the wrestlers. But nonetheless, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about like being creative, right? Yeah, and the my, one uh, thing I don't show on you know. <laughs> Yeah, all, all our stuff right here. Uh, <laughs> so one of the things I think about, though, is when I create promos, right, like like Red Dog's character is a little bit, like, all over the place, right? He's kind of like, you know, he loves doing – like, I did a promo about doing Blue's Clues, right? I thought that was hilarious, and it worked out so well. And I did a promo one time where I was uh, – I was similar to Luis from Ant-Man and just retelling the story about how I got – pure ignorance to be involved in my three-way match at Harvard de Grace, right, a, a couple months back. And, like, I got to thinking about, well, I could tell a story about, like, I could do a Disney character thing, right, where we're, I have a laugh track in the background and the crowd is laughing at certain things that I'm saying because they think it's funny. And it's, like, I, I started thinking of all these crazy ideas. And I'm, like, yo. So I started accumulating this thing called The Adventures of Red Dog. And I started putting my promos together, I call them in chapters. And we've just entered part two, which is like our obviously the second part of Red Dog. But it's like we're telling these funny ass promos and just using different things to like tell the story. So it's if you ever see the movie, uh, I think it's called Movie 87 or something like that. Studio 87. That one, yeah. it, it, so it has um, Dennis Quaid in it. And Dennis Quaid essentially locks up. Um, this producer and he's pitching all these movie ideas to the producer to make these movies. Right. Like one of the stories was like, sorry for those who uh, do not know what I'm talking about, but this is going to be funny. Uh, he's pitches a story that Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris were, who coincidentally were married at the time. Uh, she wanted him to take uh, a shit on his, uh, she wanted him to take a shit on her chest. Like that was the thing, and so like that's like one that's like one aspect of a story, or like another one was like a lovely date night, right? And Hugh Jackman and Halle Berry were together. I think it was Hugh Jackman, but anyway, like they were playing Truth or Dare at the table, and like one of the dares was that Halle Berry had to put her boob in uh, avocado dip and lick it off. But it's like all these random ideas, and I'm like, yo, that is like exactly how I want Red Dog to do it, and that some point in time like i'll fill in the backgrounds with just me like hey well what if we did something like this and then just like spitball some random ass idea and then put it all together and it'll look like one giant movie and i was like that's like 
And that's the way that the mercenary thinks is that he's like, man, this is going to be, this would be so much more fun if I put it all together. And it could be, or it just could look like a whole bunch of spaghetti thrown at a wall as one PJ Savage has told me, but it's going to be hilarious at the end of the day. When you look at it, you're like, whoa, he's at one point, he's like interrupting his own video with a video and like just doing random stuff. I'm like, I love this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I'm peeps of your stuff. And I'm like, this is so random yet it's so like I'm hooked like I can't stop watching it and like um I'm I'm still getting my groove on making my my little my little videos but like I get it now like it's so satisfying making things and like it just gets your mind going and then like there's so many things that I'm not going to mention right now that I've I've I figured out throughout my just making these videos and thinking of what I can use in my wrestling going forward i'm like oh that's a good idea and i'm just like oh, i love i love the creativity that you get to have with wrestling like i love that you like i i love that all like wrestlers from the 80s and everyone's opinionated about things but like the one thing i can say is like wrestling can be anything you want it to be like i i, I swear like and like i have i have all the respect for people who've paved the way Anyone who has stepped in those ropes, I respect your opinion, but just wrestling can be anything that you want it to be. And like I'm realizing that now, making my content and stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much I can do when I get in that that squared circle. And like you're you're a prime example of it. Like I've I remember one of the matches I saw you just out there slid out of nowhere and you just saw <laughs> serious ring. And then like watching some of your promos, you're just hilarious. And I'm like. And that's I, I kind of use that with Jones World, like Jones World. Like I'm just a nerd. Like I'm I'm nerding out wrestling shows. I'm nerding out toy hunts, or I'm and I'm just having fun with my friends. Then when I'm in the ring, it's just completely different. It's like people are like how, how, and I'm like, it's just that's just Jones right there. That's just Mr. Jones right there. It is it's crazy. So you mentioned that spot, man. That was like one of the crazy. So we we've gone back numerous times and talked about that. And like for me, okay, so and and we'll fill you in on the details. And then I may even include it at the end of this episode so you guys can see it. But it was so crazy because those guardrails are not tall off the ground. Like they are only like maybe like Barely. seven, eight inches, seven, eight inches tall. And I like can't, I'm skinny. I can't make it that way. Yo, and the fact that I ran and I just went down and popped back up and just threw the threw the brass knucks to Rico all in one smooth movement too. And then he he clips uh Sky Siler and then throws the knucks back to me. And I'm just standing there like and the rest like, hey what's going on, three count nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there. Find us at the three count underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the three count pod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the Three Count Podcast also has merchandise. Oh! At 
ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.